He's Henry. She's Karen. I'm Jimmy. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Tommy. She's Sandy. I'm Paul. No, that ain't it. We might be a couple of good fellas, but we ain't good fellas. This is Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Drew, how you doing? We always called each other good fellas. Like you'd say to somebody, you're going to like this guy. He's all right. He's a good fella. He's one of us. You understand? to live any other way was nuts and we were treated like movie stars with muscle we had it all just for the asking it was a glorious time i says to him i says hey oh ted ted how you been for a week i ain't seen you in a while good fellas tonight yeah that's a great movie football in the movie ted yeah football yeah. In the movie episode 65 you know, I want to start out and use my intro time to, to thank everybody and also to remind them to like and subscribe below, but to thank everybody for the year and a half we've been on the air. We've met some great people through this show. We have. And I just want to say shout out to all of you that support the show and thank you so much. You know, when we started this year and a half ago, we thought what we want to do is kind of make a show that we think people will like. That was our idea, the concept to begin with, and it seems to really have caught on. But I usually say thank you to everybody at the end, and I thought, I'm going to start out tonight because I'm so thankful for everybody that watch our show and support us. So thank you, everybody. Oh, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a podcaster. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing good, fellas, because, you know, a, a few weeks back, Ray Liotta passed away, and, and we, we were going to do then, and then I ended up missing a couple shows or whatever. And Goodfellas, I, I would argue either Goodfellas or Field of Dreams are, are the two movies he's most well-known for. Ty Cobb wanted to play. None of us could stand a son of a bitch when we were alive, so we told him to stick it. <laughs> and we, we decided on Goodfellas because it's, it's just a fantastic movie. He got the part in that movie, Ted, and he basically stole it. Yeah. Now, De Niro got all the money. <laughs> for doing it, they had to pay him quite a bit of money. But uh, Scorsese didn't want Ray Liotta to begin with. He wanted a Val Kilmer or a bigger star at the time because he didn't think he had the star power. Mm -hmm. Can't remember who said, "Watch Ray Liotta in this 1986 movie called Something Wild." And somebody recommended that he watch that, and he got the job off of that. Rest is history. I think Liotta stole that movie. Him and Joe Pesci. It's just a great cast. Perfectly cast. Great movie. Is that the best mob movie since no. Godfather? Since Godfather, maybe Casino, but uh, yeah, I'd probably. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at it, but off the top of my head, it's it's. If it's not, it's one of two or maybe three. Donnie Brasco's a great movie. I remember when Goodfellas came out, nineteen ninety. This has some gnarly scenes in it. It does. You know, it still holds the record today for the most f bombs in a film. Does it really? 300 F-bombs, and they only scripted in 110, 120. Joe Pesci improv, the other 100 and whatever. Was our buddy Lance Bruns a writer on that script? <laughs> Jones, how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Not much to say. <laughs> now i got to turn my back. <laughs> hey, Ted, I got snapped this shot yesterday at Toots and getting ready for a Zoom meeting. Here it is. There you go. <laughs> All right. We got a pretty good show again tonight. Before we get going, and before we do our now the show's really underway spot, we got to talk about a Rook Dog Challenge. What's a Rook Dog Challenge, Drew? 
the Rook Dog Challenge, Ted, and we, we're starting this contest pretty early. You've got about 10, 10 more shows to get your entries in. You only have to enter one time. We've got some people that have already entered, though, too. Yeah, yeah. we wanted to start early to get all the early bird gets the worm. Where did that come from? Early bird gets the worm. Have you ever heard this expression? The early bird gets the worm. Well, what it basically means is that the first person to a location or work a fairly simple game it's straightforward you only have to enter one time you can't change your entry so once you make your entry you're set and you can only enter in the show in the comments below not on twitter not on our facebook vikings report thing or any of that you got it on the show below you have to correctly guess the nfl offensive rookie of the year and the nfl defensive rookie of the year that's why it's called the Rook Dog Challenge. Guess the rookies of the year for the NFL, not the Vikings, but the NFL. You got a lot to choose from. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Alave, Jamison, Traylon Burks, Brees Hall. The guys we talked about during draft night. So you pick yeah. an offensive guy, you pick a defensive guy, and if they end up being the Rook Dogs of the year, you win $100. And what kind of money is that, Randy Moss? Great cash, homie. <laughs> Straight cash, $100 goes in your pocket. Two people happen to pick, or three people happen to pick, your name goes into the bag of Cornucopia, which is the name of our tiebreaker bag. Reach your hand in there and pull out your name. Maybe you can win $100, but there's a tiebreaker if more than one person gets it. That's the Rook Dog Challenge. you got plenty of time to enter all the way up till kickoff of the Vikings, which is September 11th. The prize is so big, it's like when Henry and Jimmy open up the suitcase and we're counting cash, 35 40000 45,000, 50,000. Hey, it's going to be a good summer. It's going to be a good summer. <laughs> it's going to be a good summer if you hey. win the Rook Dog Challenge. Hey, how you doing, Hendry? <laughs> hey, hey, how you doing, Hendry? It was always Hendry, not yeah. Henry. Get your picks in. You don't want to end up like Stacks. Remember no. Stacks? <laughs> Go make some coffee. Let me shoot Stack, and the guy comes back with the coffee. <laughs> Come on, make that coffee to go. Let's go. <laughs> so we got a great show tonight. Not a whole lot of Vikings news. We asked the question, what, what do the fans want to know? We're going to ask a couple of questions about what the fans want to know. We got our draft pick review and depth chart analysis continuing with running back and fifth round pick Ty Chandler. But before we get to that, Drew, what time is it? I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Yes! Resume the countdown! All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Now the show can start. No Viking news, huh? I don't want to talk about Kirk Cousins. I don't want to talk about stupid trade rumors. Uh, you know, those stupid trade rumors, they're like, they're like Jimmy two times when he says, I got a new suit, new suit. Yeah, somebody does, somebody writes a post. I got to write a post about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, shut up! No, we're not, because it's <laughs> stupid, and we're not going to talk about it. And Jimmy Two Times, who got that nickname because he said everything twice, like... I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. We're going to talk about stuff you guys want to talk about. We put a put it out on Twitter, and we got we got kind of an old-school question, and we got kind of a, a, a newer question relating to the Vikings, and I, I like them both. 
So I thought we'd talk about them, and then we'll move into our uh, draft pick preview. And then, of course, we got every week without fail, we got Toonsis has, has another great trivia lined up for us. You know your boy Chad Beebe left. Get that out of the way real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, Houston. He signed with Houston, right? Yeah, I know you're disappointed in that, Ted Glover. So, so he dislocated his finger signing his contract <laughs> with Houston. He's now on IR eligible to return. So good luck to Chad Beebe in the Houston Texans. <laughs> So glad that guy's gone. Oh, you're funny. So glad he's gone. All right. So we've got two questions for our What Do the Fans Want to Know segment running this week. Ruby's going to read the first one off. Ruby, what is our first question and who is it from? All right. From Nick Howard. What are the Vikings' realistic expectations for year one under Kevin O'Connell? That's a really good question. That's a good question. You know, when I'm thinking about the Vikings or doing show prep or whatever, it's this This is a question that's always in the back of my mind. Drew, what are realistic expectations for you for you year show, one? You do show prep? Not really. This is no good. you got to straighten this thing out. I, I'm trying to make it look good for the audience. Excellent job. Excellent job. Prepare ship for ludicrous speed. Prepare to fast forward. Preparing to fast forward. Fast forward. Fast forwarding, sir. I think, realistically, you've got to kind of hold Kevin O'Connell to making this a playoff team. Now, okay. most of the times when you walk into a job as a first-year head coach, your team was horrible. You only won two games. You get a pass the first year, no matter how many games. You know, you're not expected to do much, but to maybe raise the win total, three wins, up to five. Come here, you. Come here. Look at or whatever. That's normally how it goes. He held Zimmer's feet to the fire that this was a playoff roster last year. Yes. And we said he had to get to the playoffs or he's fired, didn't we? We did. That's what we said about Mike Zimmer. And Rick Spielman. And Rick Spielman. You're right, Ted. And Steven Spielberg Spielman. Um, <laughs> and you know what? This roster's better. You can debate me on that. But in, in my eyes, it's, it's better roster or at least equivalent to what Zimmer had. So if we're going to say he had to get to the playoffs, then it's only fair that O'Connell has to get to the playoffs. Now, I know it's his first year and Zimmer had more years than him. But how do you judge your team? You go down the roster from start to finish. Is it good enough to make the playoffs? Especially in the NFC, Ted. The NFC is not the strong conference in football. It's not. No, it's not. The path to the postseason and consequently the Super Bowl appears fairly, uh, well, a lot easier in the NFC than it does in the AFC. Yes, I'll give you that. If the Vikings were an AFC team, I would give O'Connell a pass on not having to make the playoffs. Okay. But since they're in the NFC a little bit more watered down, I think he has to at least make the playoffs. Even if he gets beat the first game in the wild card or whatever it is, he has to make the playoffs in my eyes or it's somewhat of a failure of a season. It's getting you done. All right. I don't disagree with you. You know why? breathe in a good amount. Was out of respect. You look at this Vikings offense, and I believe it's a top five to ten offense in the NFL. That is a very potent offense, regardless of what your opinion of Kirk Cousins is. He's a good quarterback that can get the ball into the playmakers' hands, and they can score points. They have a new offensive-minded coach that has worked with Kirk in the past, so the expectation is, you know, that's going to be even better for the Vikings, the offense. And I, I believe that to a point. My question on whether or not this team will make the playoffs is the defense. And, and we've talked about the defense a lot. And, you know, 
they've got good players now. I think they have better players on the roster this year than at this time last year. You've got Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith. They drafted Lewis Seen. They Andrew Booth Jr. at cornerback they drafted in the second round. I think the secondary on paper seems better. It's a new philosophy. It's a whole new system. They're kind of going to go to a 3-4. How is that going to translate? I'm still saying an 8-9 to nine win team with the potential for more. If the defense can get it figured out fast, I agree with you. This is, team is going to go to the playoffs. If the defense lingers near the bottom, I think they're going to struggle to get eight or nine wins. Today, right now, my realistic expectation is eight or nine wins. If they get nine wins, they'll get the wild card. If they get eight wins, I don't think they will. I, I, like, I agree with you. The NFC is not strong. I think uh, a nine and eight record will get them a, a wild card spot. Yeah, you got them down when we did our selections with Chris Gates. You had them at nine and eight, and yeah. Chris and I had them at 11 and six. Yeah. I think Chris and me were drinking, though, and I don't think you were drinking. Um, I was drinking water because it's now the summer. We're in the middle of a heat wave, and I, <laughs> and I hydrate. That's what I do. I hydrate. I'm hydrated. I'm motivated. Let's cook a jambalaya, dude. <laughs> you don't think the playoffs is a – like, he has to make the playoffs or it's considered a down season? Or are you just giving him a pass with that or what? If this was his second year, I would think it would be playoffs or bust. Don't get me wrong. I want the Vikings to go to the playoffs. Obviously, I want them to win a Super Bowl. I'm taking a wait-and-see approach on the defense. If the defense gels, I think this team's going to be really good. I, okay. I agree with you. I think it could be a 10 or 11 win football team. I'm just not sure the defense will get there fast enough for the Vikings to get that many wins. Now, everything I just said is based off a relatively healthy team. Yes. Because yeah. if they start getting the injury bug, I can kind of change the way I look at all that. But right out of the gate, you know, he, he didn't walk into a, a dumpster fire of a team. He didn't. He didn't. I, I think the overall roster has some serious depth issues at linebacker on offensive line, some of the key key positions that have been an issue for the Vikings for the last several years. You get a couple injuries at linebacker. You get a couple injuries on the defensive line. I think the defense is going to look a lot like it did last year. I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I'm really wrong, and I want the defense to be good. But uh, we'll see. We'll just really, wait. Really see. great question. Who's that? Nick Howard? Nick. Good. Friend of the show, Nick Howard. Any relation to Mo? you think? No, no. Oh, okay. I wonder if there's any relation to Nick Nolte. I'd rather be related to Mo Howard. I would, too. One of the three Stooges. All right. Ruby, what's our second question? So the next question comes from Ali Siddiqui. He wants to know, what was it like when the Vikings moved into the Metrodome? Drew, I don't know about you, but, but I feel the Vikings lost a lot. Minnesota abandoned the Met, opting instead for the climate-controlled comfort of the Metrodome. When Minnesota lost the old Met, I thought they lost part of the character who they were. I specifically remember one of the very first Vikings games I went to. I think I've talked about this on the show before. It was late October or November, and the San Diego Chargers came to town. And they were out on the field warming up, and it was cold. And, and as a little kid, you could go right down. We were on the – would have been on the – the first base side of Old Met Stadium. So it, it was kind of a long ways away. I don't remember the teams were on both sides of the field, on the sideline, on the opposite field. But before the game, we could get right down to like where the Vikings came out because they came out of like the, the Twins dugout on that side of the field. And it was cold and we were waiting for the Vikings to come out and you could watch the Chargers practicing and they had guys, you know, just kind of running around. You know, those old, big, big old school winter coats they had. I had one of those. Did you? A Denver Bronco one for my buddy whose dad played for the Broncos. He got okay. Back. So you know what I'm talking about. And they had, you know, they yeah. all had that. You could see the hats on, and they some guys were wearing gloves. 
and their other guys huddled over on the on their side of the 50 on the sideline. They were freezing in front of the heaters, and they were just cold. You could tell it. And then the Vikings started coming out, and, and there were no heaters on the Vikings side of the 50, on the Vikings sideline, and none of them had coats on. They, none of them had gloves. None of them had long sleeves. They all just had their uniform. So a couple guys had, like, maybe a long sleeve purple shirt, and that was it. And they all came out, and the whole team, and they're starting doing the calisthenics, running around, and collectively – the entire San Diego Chargers team looked over and did that. It was amazing. The game was over right. an hour before kickoff. That's how much of an advantage I feel the Minnesota Vikings had at Old Met Stadium outside in the 1970s. I, and, and they lost that. And I don't think it's any coincidence that from 1961 to 1981, they went to four Super Bowls. And from 1982 to 2021 and beyond, they have not returned to the Super Bowl. I think it took something, some mystique, some home field advantage, whatever it is you want to call it, away from this franchise. I am in full agreement with you, Ted Glover. Part of my heart, my childhood heart, kind of evaporated and died away because I loved that stadium so much, and I loved watching the Vikings play in that stadium for all the reasons you just said. And then a lot of times, Brent Musburger, you are looking live before the game. Yeah. They'd show that guy with that giant flamethrower. Remember that big old, like, lawnmower? On the field, thing? yes, yes. Yeah, with the flames <laughs> coming out of the bottom of it. This guy's walking around, like, de-icing the field. <laughs> yeah. When they built that dome, I wasn't a fan of it. I was never a fan of it. And then when they started playing in that dome, they had those incredibly lean down years with less stackle. The teams weren't any good. They were 3-13, and 13, so that made me even more angry because the dome went with 3-13, and 13, and the old Matt was Alan Page and Eller, and that just soured me even more. I mean, I didn't even really enjoy watching games in that place until maybe Dolman and Millard came along later in the about 1990 or something. But you know what? It's the Twins who put that place on the map. Into deep left center for Mitchell. Yeah. With Mort, Jack Morris, and Herbeck, and Kirby Puckett, and Danny Gladden, they're the ones that put that Metrodome on the map, the Twins. It had nothing to do with the Vikings. What's the greatest memory in the Metrodome for the Vikings? Probably Farb to Lewis. Adrian Peterson set an NFL record 296 against, ironically, the Chargers. In that game. But there wasn't a lot of really big moments that stood out. No. Well, it's just because I think the Vikings franchise sort of dropped in terms of being good. I mean, it, they, they were just so consistently good for so long uh, when they were outside. And, and, like, they couldn't have stayed in Met Stadium. They, they absolutely needed a new stadium. Met Stadium was like an erector set, man. I wonder had they moved to another outdoor stadium, which would have brought it in line with all the others, you know, teams on the opposite sidelines and all that other stuff, if that mystique would have carried over. Because Met Stadium was just such a a unique part of that winning environment, I think, because you had the, the teams on both sides. And I, I remember Jim Marshall, he said he could hear other guys talking about how the cold bothered them and how it affected them. And, and they would talk smack. It, it's not cold. What are you talking about? Yeah, it would just psych the teams out. A lot of those great players all kind of got old at the same time, too. True. Yeah, them. that's so, true. So I don't know if they could have carried that into a new outdoor stadium. But me personally, as a fan, just stay outside. Yeah, get a new stadium because the Mets falling apart. Just stay outside, and they didn't. To answer your question, Ali, I, I don't. I never wanted them to move there. I never did either. Although I will say, U.S. Bank Stadium is an incredible facility. Anyway, so that's what the fans want to hear. Now, next week, what we're going to do is we're going to open up the mailbag. We'll put some questions out for Twitter. 
We'll put some out on Facebook. If you want to ask a question, ask a question for next week's show in the comments right below us. That whole first segment is, is we're going to answer viewer questions leading up to training camp. Talk about whatever you want to. Life, the Minnesota Vikings. Only topic off limit is the Green Bay Packers and Kirk yeah. Cousins. There we're not talking go. about Kirk Cousins. We're not talking about the Green Bay Packers. And we're not talking about any stupid trade ideas about potential quarterbacks. What about J.C. Treader? Oh, no, we're not talking about that either. Oh, he's going he's gonna to sign any day now. Minnesota oh. Vikings are going to sign J.C. Treader. J.C. Treader. No. No, they're not, Jimmy. Two times they're not. <laughs> Stop it. Go get your shine box. Go get your shine box. Now go home and get your shine box. Was that the best scene in that movie, get your shine box? Yeah, either that or when they started showing all the bodies at the Layla. end of Layla. The ending to Layla with all the bodies being discovered was cinematic perfection. Yes. That's a great movie. Great movie all the way around. Great song to team up with that scene. Yes. And the way they filmed it, going from one person to the next, that's perfect. Now go get your shine box. Now go get your shine box. No, you know what's funny about that Billy Bats? What? Billy Bats got a loose tooth and a cracked rib on that scene because De Niro was really kicking the shit out of him. Really? And then De Niro said a couple years later, you know, we didn't really like that guy, that actor, Frank, whatever his name was. So when we were doing yeah. that scene, I was kind of giving it to him a little extra. <laughs> really? After the scene, the guy that was playing Billy Bats is going, what are you doing, dude? I'm all like bloody. And, and, and De Niro said, oh, we just want to make it realistic. <laughs> Jeez. Good questions. Thank you, guys. Good questions, guys. And we're going to take viewer questions all for the first segment next week. So go ahead and ask away. All right. Now it's time for our draft pick review depth chart analysis. We're moving from the back end of the Vikings draft all the way up to the first round pick. This week, we're looking at the running back position and uh, running back Ty Chandler, who was picked in the fifth round, number 169 overall out of the University of North Carolina. The Fighting Mac Browns. That's right, the Fighting Mac Browns. Let's hear Ty's thoughts about becoming a Minnesota Viking and what he thinks he can he can do for this team. Uh, I'm grateful for everybody I crossed paths with and everybody who's helped me benefit and uh, gain success on the field. So uh, it's truly been a blessing um, making transitions and, like I said, meeting new people and getting a chance to play with new people and learn from other individuals. So it's truly been a blessing. Like I said, man, it, it's, it's been a dream, uh, a, a dream that's come true um, and, and truly a blessing. I ain't got no one to thank but God for just giving me the opportunity, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting there and getting a chance to work with everybody else and, and learn from everybody else and, and just go to work, man. It's Like I said, it's a, it's a dream. I'm still lost for words, and um, but I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to the opportunity. and. Uh, Okay, Ty Chandler. Well, it sounds like a really cool dude. Well, they all do. I mean, again, I, I don't think there's ever been a guy drafted. Well, you know, I'm kind of surprised they picked me here. I thought I was going to be an unrestricted free agent. I'll probably get cut. Another <laughs> high-character guy, though. Yeah, yeah. Another very high-character guy. The more you read about him, the more you like his off-field attitude. So, okay, off-field attitude, high-character. What else do you like about Ty Chandler? Ty Chandler is certainly, certainly – a very, very unique football player and very interesting to check out and read up on and watch tape on. And, you know, you consider where he got drafted. Some people say that's where he should have got drafted. Some people say he was more of a third-round guy. But 
you you start him off going way back to Montgomery Bell High School in Nashville, 6,100 yards rushing and 102 touchdowns in high school. Really? Yes. 92 on the ground, 10 in the air. That guy camped in the end zone, lived in the end zone. Big play potential. Another guy like Jalen Naylor, <laughs> who's got the big play potential, but you start him out there in high school. He left there, stayed local, and went to the Volunteers to Tennessee, Ted. Four years with the Volunteers, 45 games, and then he transferred out for a fifth year to North Carolina. Not often you see guys play four years at a school and transfer out. Usually it's one or two. Yeah. Uh, 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns, and a great hefty 6.0 rushing average. Wow. Why would he play four years at Tennessee and leave to North Carolina? Why would he play four years at Tennessee and then leave for North Carolina, Drew? I'm glad you're asking me that. Now go get your shine box. <laughs> I have the answer to that. Many people are wondering, how did Drew come up with the answer to that? Ted, why did Because I used my brain? Henry, shut up. normal. She's shut right. Up. What's wrong with you, Henry? What kind of person Tommy. are you? Tommy, what is the matter with you? You're funny, man. You really are a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> Remember in 2021 when we were doing our running back breakdowns here on Vikings Report with Drew and Ted? Yes. Michael Carter and Javante Williams from North Carolina. 3,000 yards rushing and 33 touchdowns as a tandem. I remember that now, yeah. And we did. And they were both in my top five on the Drew Big Board. Well, they both got drafted in 2021. They're both gone. I think Ty Chandler saw this and thought to himself, there's like six guys here at Tennessee that are abiding for the running back position. There's nobody over there at North Carolina. I've known some people in North Carolina for a long time. They said that this kid transferred. He made the transition easier than any transfer they've ever had there. Came in, he was a leader. He was smart. He learned the system. I think he showed through the process that he had made growth in that year. Very mature kid. And, uh, you know, we're excited to get him. So he said, I'm going to go over there and be the feature back in North Carolina and try to parlay that into a getting drafted. And it worked. He was the third leading rusher in the ACC. He was third in rushing touchdowns in the ACC. His transfer worked perfectly. Good deal. So the Vikings did their due diligence on this guy, and they hand-selected him. So you had Tennessee in the transfer, 3,800 total yards, 30 touchdowns in college. He comes over here, and he's got that big playability, 4-3, right out of the gate. The first thing you notice is his speed. Is he a dual threat guy? Can he catch the ball? Do they have him catch the ball in the backfield a lot? He is a dual threat guy. He caught passes for Tennessee as well and in high school. You'd like to see him have a little bit more receiving, but he's considered a dual threat. Okay. I mean, he's also, he runs back kickoffs. He ran back 38 kickoffs for North Carolina. He didn't run back any punts. He's not a punt returner, but you have that option as well. I mean, I know Wang Chung is a kickoff returner, but it never hurts to have a backup kickoff returner. So he does have a little bit of experience in that. But overall, it's the dual threat ability and his ability to get to the end zone. So what caused him to drop to the fifth round then? The emphasis in the running back position overall in the NFL or what? I think it was a factor of these three things. First off, it was a loaded running back group in the draft this year. There's a lot of really good running backs. Okay. I think a lot of GMs look at Ty Chandler and think he's not a three down guy. 
we need a three down guy. He's more of a change of pace, third down back, Jarek McKinnon type thing. Okay. You know, that's not a bad thing to be. I mean, there, there are definite spots for guys like that in the NFL. There is. But the third thing probably is fundamentally speaking is his patience in the backfield and his running style has to change. He has to get more patient. He needs to avoid that first blocker more. He gets tackled too easy. If the first guy always gets you, then it's a problem. Yeah. But he's naturally found his way around it by being in the end zone so much. I mean, he's not scared to block, even though he's not a good blocker and doesn't know much about it. He's got to be taught that. He's not scared to block. He's not scared to run between the tackles. He's not scared to do anything. He just needs to be better at it. His patience in the backfield gets tripped up a lot. And there's a lot of plays on tape where you see him getting a handoff and then running into the back of the offensive lineman. And you're thinking, dude, you got to slow down a little bit. Reminds me of Michael Bennett that way. I mean, Michael yes. Bennett would either run into Matt Burke's butt or run for 75 yards. Right, right. And if there's one guy he's going he's gonna to really benefit from from watching, it's going to be Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is the master. He's the Eddie Van Halen of the patient back and then hitting the darting. He hits the hole and he hits it hard, Dead. That's what she said. I thought about 50 ways to say that pre-program, <laughs> and I knew I was going to get hit with that. Well, now, now let's transfer that over to, to the roster. And currently, the running backs of the Minnesota Vikings roster are the aforementioned Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Kane Wangwu, Bryant Kobeck, and our fullbacks, C.J. Hamm and Jake Borges. Do you see a, a roster spot for Chandler in 2022? If that running back room was good enough, Ted, why did they go draft Ty Chandler? I'll tell you why. I'm not sure Chandler's a roster guy for 2022. I, I think he's a perfect candidate for the practice squad. Look, Cook, Madison, Wang Wu, I think, are your top three locks, unless somehow Chandler pushes Wang Wu for that third running back spot. I, I don't think he will, but that's just me right now. A lot of things going to happen. Let's fast forward this a year. Dalvin Cook in 2023, he's scheduled to make like 13 or $14 million. And I, I think that's a hefty number for a running back in today's NFL especially when you look at Kevin O'Connell coming from the Rams, which we'll talk about in a minute. Do they want to keep Dalvin Cook at that number? I don't know. I think it depends on what kind of year Dalvin Cook has. Alexander Madison is going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of 2022. He'll probably want to try and get starter money somewhere, kind of like Trey Waynes did a year, a couple of years ago at cornerback. And right. hey, look, good for him if he can. I hope he gets it and gets all the money he can. Kind of like Tyler Conklin. Yeah, saying. exactly. Yeah. I, and, and I don't know that the Vikings will be able to afford to keep him. I, I'm not sure. So if Cook and Vikings have a and the Vikings have a contract disagreement and Madison walks via free agency, all of a sudden your running back room is Wang Wu and right now Bryant Kobeck. And I think Ty Chandler is a guy that they will definitely look to plug in in 2023. How that works out with with CJ Ham and Jake Vargas, I don't think the Vikings are going to use the fullback very much. I don't think C.J. Ham is long for this roster as much of a fan favorite as he is. I get it. He's probably going to play this year, and he's probably going to be out the door as well. And the Vikings may even look to replace if they if somehow they keep Matt, if they keep Cook, probably not Madison, but if they keep Cook and Wang Wu, Chandler's going to be a great third running back option. Just kind of how I'm seeing it right now. So they probably kind of hand-selected Ty Chandler for next year is what you're Quite saying. Quite possibly, yeah. You do do show prep, brother. Well, you know, and let's look at this. You know, everybody talks about, well, what's Kevin O'Connell going to do? What's Kevin O'Connell's offense going to be like? What's Kevin O'Connell's philosophy and blah, blah, blah. And I, I get all those are legit, legit questions. And generally, the answer has been 
He's going to bring the Rams' offensive philosophy to Minnesota and incorporate more passing. And Dalvin Cook's going to be more of an offensive weapon as a pass catcher. And, and that's cool, and that's great. The one thing the Rams do not do in their offense is emphasize the running back like the Vikings did under Mike Zimmer. Kevin O'Connell was the offense coordinator for the Rams for two years. In 2020, under Jared Goff, mind you, under Jared Goff, they had three guys with over 100 carries. Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson. Akers had 145 carries for 625 yards. Henderson, 138 for 624. Malcolm Brown for 101 and 419. That year, Dalvin Cook had 312 carries for 1,500 yards and 44 catches. Dalvin Cook touched the ball 350 times in 2020. And last year now, with the, the year they won the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, now Cam Akers was hurt for most of the year, and he didn't come back to the playoffs. They had two guys, Sonny Michelle, 208 carries, 845 yards. Daryl Henderson, again, 149 for 688. Again, Dalvin, by comparison, had 249 carries, 1,159 yards, and, and 44 catches again. So the Rams' philosophy is not a bell cow back like most of the NFL. It's a running back by committee. And if you're going to go to that approach, you are not going to pay one of your two or three running back by committee guys $14 million. You're not. Which also, you just answered the question of when the GMs say, we're not going to draft him high in the draft because he's not a three-down back, everything you just said is Kevin O'Connell saying, we don't need a three-down back. Yeah. So maybe you're onto something there with that. He isn't right now built to be a three-down back. He's more of a change of pace back, but that might not bother O'Connell because that's what they want. Right. Off everything you just said. If you believe that Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the GM, is an analytics guy, analytics guys are running backs are just a guy position anymore. You want to know how much money Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson made last year? Yes, I would like to know that information right now. Cam Akers made $1.6 million. Daryl Henderson made $1.3 million for a com combined what? combined $2.9 million. You know how much CJ Ham's going to make this year? You know how much? Five more. Sock it to me, baby. $3.4 million. Oh, my God. Go get your shine box. <laughs> <laughs> now, all of that said, Dalvin Cook is like a special guy. He's a special back, and I get it. Right. I just don't see the Vikings wanting to spend a whole lot of money on, on Dalvin Cook, especially when they've got other positions they're still going to need to address next year. Look, do I want the Vikings to cut Dalvin Cook? No, I, I, I don't, obviously. But all that said, you know, with Dalvin's contract, if they do decide to move him or go in another direction, as the phrase so often goes, he's got a $6.2 million dead money cap hit, but they saved $7 million on the cap. If they were to designate him a post-June first cut, $3 million in dead money and $11 million in cap savings. So, wow. I think Dalvin Cook is still going to be a, a central part of this offense. To say he isn't would be kind of foolish. But I'm just talking overall philosophically. I think the Vikings are going to move away from, you know, the Adrian Peterson slash Dalvin Cook type of mentality that the Vikings have, have had for a lot of years. And that does not give you a lot of room for a big salaried running back. It just doesn't. Dude, that is so well explained. You brought it. The last 10 minutes, Ted Glover has brought it. I love listening to good knowledge, dude. You bring good knowledge. That's a great job. That makes total sense to me. That may be why O'Connell looked in the draft and saw Ty Chandler's a perfect guy going forward. I can tell you exactly what they're thinking about Ty Chandler. What? 
I can get in their head and their freaking brain. They see a guy, Ted, with 4-3 speed. They see a guy with chunk yards ability. Okay. Chunk yards who can live in the end zone. And when I say live in the end zone, let me share this with you, and then you'll know. Ty Chandler in high school had 102 touchdowns. Ty Chandler in college had 30 touchdowns. 132 touchdowns. That's a lot. So in eight years of football, Ty Chandler averaged getting in the end zone 15 times a season. It's pretty good. 15 times a season is damn good. And that's damn good research by me. <laughs> that's solid research. That's what O'Connell sees. A guy since high school, every year since high school, for eight seasons, he got in there. He got in the end zone and averaged it 15 times. That is tremendous. It that is. is a tremendous number. That's a guy who has a nose for the goal line. So O'Connell sees the speed, the chunk yards, camps in the end zone. How many touchdowns did he have? 132. I think that's about as many times as Jimmy and Tommy kicked Billy Bats <laughs> when they killed him. There's your freaking side box. Who the hell do you think you are, Frankie Valley, or some kind of big shot? <laughs> All right, that'll do it for our, our two main segments. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back after this quick message for our award-winning trivia. pictures such as Goodfellas and also Field of Dreams. Yeah, and, and did you hang around with guys like that? Did you did you ever meet the, the I guess, your character, Henry uh, Hill? Henry I met after uh, after the movie. He was glad that I didn't play him as a dirtbag, as he said. And what was, what was uh, Henry Hill himself like? Now, this guy, he's still in the, the Federal Witness Protection Program. Well, I, I was at a premiere once, and uh, he came over to me, and, and I didn't know what to say. Here he is in a witness protection program. I don't know what's going to happen. So he yeah. comes over. I'm sitting with a group of people, and I, I'm not. I don't know whether to introduce him or what to say. So he's saying, "Hi, how are you?" And then he starts introducing himself to, "Hi, I'm Henry Hill." Yeah, you never see a crowd disperse so quickly. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> Anytime you're ready, Jesus. I was about to. We're all ears. <laughs> Interrupted her before she even started talking. It's like a record. It's like, that's a new record. <laughs> you know, it's like the scene in Goodfellas. When Ray Leona wakes up to Karen hold the gun right to his face. That's going to be you one day. It's going to be you. That is going to be me. Okay, here we go. Okay, welcome to Tootsie's Trivia. Today we have Goodfellas. Ty Chandler and Good Vikings. So, for the Goodfellas category, you're going to see a picture depicting one of the scenes from Goodfellas, and you just have to describe what's happening. Okay. Okay. We got to get 10, Ted. 10 of 12. Here we go. Tommy shot this guy after he insulted him. What was the guy's nickname? Spider. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Spider yes. At, the, at the bar. Yes. Good job. Awesome. Played by the same guy that played in The Sopranos. Yeah. All right. Why did Henry beat up the guy on the ground? Oh, um, he upset Karen. Yeah, he said something or insulted Karen or something like that. 
that's good enough. He was, he touched her. Wait, real quick. I don't mean to interrupt you. I rarely do that. So the day they shot that scene, when uh, Ray Liotta walked across the street and beat the crap out of Bruce, he had learned that his mother died. His mom died while he was making this movie. And that morning he was told his mom died. So when he went across the street, all that anger is real. I learned that today and I thought this was a perfect question to throw it off. Sorry, Jensis. I didn't mean to interrupt. Won't happen again. No problem. <laughs> Won't happen again. Sure it won't. All right. Doing good. Here we go. What are they celebrating? Lufthansa heist. Yep. That is correct. All right. Very good. Last one in Goodfellas. What is Karen doing? Putting the gun in her panties. Yep. And no. flushing the drugs down the toilet. Yes, yes. That's what she's doing. Yep. Flushing the cocaine down the toilet. Correct. Good job. All right. You swept that one. On to Ty Chandler. This category, you're going to see a picture of somebody who's either first name or last name is Ty or Chandler, and you just tell me who it is. Okay. Okay. All right. First one. Who is that? Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb. Good job. All right. Who is that? A Ty Detmer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Son of Frankenstein, Ty Detmer. <laughs> All right. Who is that? Oh, uh, Chandler from Friends. Chandler what? Chandler poured the coals to Courtney Cox. Nope. Uh, Chandler Ross? No, Ross was the name of the other character. Chandler. Chandler, uh, I've never watched that show, Chess. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know his last name. What the hell is his last name? We should get it for Chandler Bing. Chandler Bing. That was his last name? Yes. No. That's just dumb. So dumb. <laughs> All right, last one. Who is that? Chandler Ricks. Yeah, that's from Walking Dead. I don't watch Chandler that. Riggs. Very good, Drew. I didn't think you were going to get that. Did you watch Walking Dead? I watched the first 10 seasons religiously. I loved it. Did you really? I heard it got really stupid. It did. That's why I stopped watching it. Okay. All right. So you have uh, seven out of eight. The last category is Good Vikings. <laughs> You're going to see a picture. Oh no, she's laughing already, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna show you the first one, and then we'll just go from there. Ready? Yeah. What's in the bag? What the? <laughs> um. What the? <laughs> What's in the bag? It's Jimmy Conway, Rick Steelman, and Mike Zimmer. Super Bowl, Super Bowl trophy. Zimmer's buyout. <laughs> I actually don't have an answer for any of these. <laughs> I just wanted to get your guys' responses. That's why you were laughing earlier today. <laughs> oh my God, I was cracking up. Here's the next one. What's so funny? <laughs> uh, who is that? Stefan Diggs. That's Diggs and Jared Allen. <laughs> so dumb look at look at leona <laughs> that's awesome um that is uh when Diggs found out he got traded that'll be good enough all right <laughs> again any answers acceptable so we're gonna win this tonight yeah we won yes you won already here we go <laughs> what's wrong with ray <laughs> <laughs> what's what is that? that ted i don't know 
has Courtney Cronin. Oh my god! Oh man! Is that is that CC Cronin? He uh he just found out she became the Bears beat reporter and left the Vikings. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> All right, last one. Where is Ray taking Kirk? Uh, let's oh, see. I'll, I'll leave that up to Ted. Ray does not look happy. He Where's does Henry Hill? Where's Henry Hill taking Kirk right now? Taking him to the doctor. He's he's gonna make him take a COVID shot or take a long ride. <laughs> I don't know. That works for me. That's perfect. <laughs> Good job, guys. You win. Thank you for playing. We'll see you next week. You know, Drew, we never said what we just said. You know, hey, he's a good guy. He's a good fella. She's a good fella. Right. Tutus is a good fella. He's a, she's a good guy. She's a good fella. You're a good guy. If you're a good guy, you're a good fella, and you're one of us. All right. So that'll about do it for episode 65. Rest in peace, Ray Liotta. I didn't mention much about Field of Dreams. I just want to say. My mom and my stepdad live in Dyersville, Iowa, where the Field of Dreams is. No way! Yeah, yeah. So that movie is an exceptionally emotional one for me in a lot of ways. Makes me think a lot about my dad, as I'm sure it does for many guys. What a great movie that was. Yeah, that was, that was a great movie. We're going to have to put that on the on the list for uh, Vikings Report, Dad. Yeah, we are. So anyways, that'll do it for episode 65. Rest in peace, Ray Liotta. Drew, once again, you, you and, and Ruby with, with trivia just make me laugh. My, <laughs> I mean, my sides are hurting. I had a fun time again. Hope you guys did. Thanks again so much for liking and subscribing. We're like over 9,200 subscribers now and climbing. It's, it just blows my mind. We got a lot more coming. It may be the dead time with other shows doing pretty much the same stuff. We're not. We got our own stuff. We're going to keep doing it, keep coming back, keep watching us. We got unique content coming throughout the rest of the summer, even though nobody else does, because we're good fellas. We're good guys. You're a good guy, Drew. You're a good fella. Thanks, Mandy. Anyway, so Drewster, we'll try to do better the next time. Go ahead and take, bring us home. Thank you, Ted. What a great job you do hosting the show. You are the man when it comes to hosting the show. You're bigger than Billy Bats. Let me tell you, man. Go get your shine box. Kick the, just kick the living daylights out of them. <laughs> We didn't really like that guy anyway. Um, thank you so much. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we love that you like and subscribe to our show. We're not professional. We want to bring you football, but we want to bring you a little fun with our football. Tunes, she never gets her due, Ted. This wouldn't even exist without her and her production. It would not. It absolutely would not. And she does a fantastic job. But let's leave it tonight with one of our favorite scenes, Ted. Why don't we do that? Why don't we leave it with when Pesci and Leota, if they're best. I mean, this is probably the for me, it's my favorite scene in the whole movie. We will leave it with this after I say, say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. You're a big guy. Really funny. Uh, what do you mean I'm funny? Uh, you know, you're, you're, it's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. What do you mean? You mean the way I talk? It's just, you know, you, it's, you're just funny. It's, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? What? Just... You know, you're, you're funny. Well, I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh. I'm here. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? You know how you tell a story. What? How do I know? You said I'm funny. Me. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get the f*** out of here, Tommy. <laughs> I almost had it. Yeah, stuttering. Frankie, was he shaking? I wonder about you sometimes, Henry. You may fold under questioning. <laughs>